So this one's going to be, we're talking about presence. No, we're not. That was last week. Hello. <laughs> so you want to do gentle banter before we introduce the podcast? We can. Hi, Gina. How are you doing today? What's going on? Hey, girl. I'm doing good, actually. I'm doing quite well. Um, my kids are doing well. Everybody's fine. And we're just doing a lot of Christmas shopping. Oh, my gosh. I haven't. I haven't started Christmas shopping for anybody right now. Like nobody. I don't, I don't have any idea what to get anyone. I'm really behind and the struggle is real. I hate Christmas because of this stuff. I'm doing a lot of shopping for myself. <laughs> oh, I haven't even done that either. Usually I get something for myself. I haven't done any shopping like that at all, but whatever. Welcome to the podcast, everyone, by the way, this is Catnip and Chill. Um, I am Chell with my co-host Sheena. Hello. Um, hello. Um, well, since we've already started talking a little bit about stress, this episode is going to be about holidays, stresses, fears, anxieties, um, and tips that you can use to help your pet manage all of those emotions that come along with the holidays, since there are a lot of changes and interruptions to their routine and whatnot. So that's what the focus is for this week on the podcast. Exactly. I mean, I unfortunately have the luck of having two cats that are full of anxiety. Um, and I can speak on my own experience that Dobby, my little girl, she absolutely hates company coming over. She is one that if the doorbell rings, if someone's knocking, she is gone. She'll run and hide. Sometimes if company's over for a while and they kind of stay in one room, she'll kind of peek over and just watch. And that's her way of getting used to it. Most of the time she's gone. Daniel is a very extroverted cat so he likes to socialize and say hello but he also has his own idiosyncrasies where he has his own anxiety too so I walk that line of anxiety and what my cats will tolerate so most of the time I don't have guests come over unfortunately how about you Crisel? Um, I have one cat that's pretty confident and comes out and about when people come over and he's usually very chill and enjoys the attention I have another cat that will hide under the bed if people come by and then one cat that has like mixed feelings, she'll be at like the far end of the room looking at everyone, but she won't be hiding, but don't go near her basically. So it's a mix between everyone in the house. Like doing to make them feel safe in their own home. Well, we are lucky enough to have a whole room like open and dedicated to the cats themselves. This is a room that we keep like their litter box in, some beds, cat trees, some toys. I feed the cats in this room. So like I have this whole space that like I can close off and just they're comfortable and they have all their needs met. So that's, if you don't have something like that though, you can make any room like a little bit of a sanctuary just by including these things, even if it's your own bedroom, just adding things that they play with and beds and stuff. It's something that you can do in a small space, even a bathroom will do in a pinch. If you don't have anything else, like anywhere else to put your pet. Um, but having a dedicated space that they know is theirs is very important because they'll feel secure there despite all the changes happening outside of that room. Yeah. And that way you're very blessed because you have like a nice house, like for people who live like on a rented apartment, especially in New York city, everybody lives in a shoebox. Uh, I myself only have one bedroom. So managing two cats are anxious is hard but I, I figured it out I mean that's the biggest thing people are always like but I have a studio apartment where I put my cat and obviously the answer is you can either make a space for them 
maybe don't have company over as often or even boarding your pet in a nice facility. There are some really nice cat hotels and doggy motels that they can stay at when you have company over if that's what they enjoy. I mean, cats are going to be little stress balls no matter what. They don't like change at all, but I mean, they'd be happier in a small space mm-hmm. that is their own versus someone invading theirs. That's true. I mean, day boarding is always a really nice option, especially if your pet is used to maybe going to daycare. They're mm-hmm. going to be with their dog friends. Um, cats, again, are a different <laughs> a different type. But definitely day boarding could be an option. It's a good option because they'll get exercise as well. And they'll hopefully come home nice and tired. But yes, it is difficult if you have a very small space. So, But if you don't have a space dedicated to it, you definitely can do something else too to help with you know, guests coming over, you know you could consider taking your dog out for a nice long walk and do like a play session that can exercise them. So they come back and they're kind of more tired and mellow and maybe they'll want to relax despite everything that's going on. Cats the same, just give them a nice play session throughout the day. Hopefully they will settle down and be tired. If you don't have a space to put them in, just maybe being a little bit tired will help the situation. You and I are more attuned to knowing kind of the signs of behavioral signs of when an animal is showing signs of stress. Uh, What is the definition of fear, stress, and anxiety in in a dog and or a cat? And what does that look like typically? Well, I mean, fear, stress, and anxiety, you know, these are like these increased emotions of uneasiness, nervousness that we have in situations that, you know, normally you wouldn't have these you know, like having a guest over like that normally is like a nice social interaction. But if you aren't socialized or had like a bad experience with a guest, then you feel very uneasy having somebody come over. Dogs and cats exhibit stress and these signs of anxiety very differently. You know, you may see a picture of a dog panting, think the dog is smiling or maybe is hot. But in reality, you have to examine like, how far is the tongue out of their mouth? Because if it's out fully, that means the dog is hot and panting because of its increased body temperature. If it's still kind of tucked in their mouth, that is actually a sign of stress in a dog. I mean, cats, they'll hide. They can, you know, assume a very stiff, tight body posture, maybe close their eyes at you. Dogs tuck their tails, flatten their ears. I mean, Dogs and cats very are very different in how they exhibit stress. And it really, you have to look at their whole body as a whole, as opposed to just, you know, their face or their tail, because the dog can still wag its tail, but if it's wagging it low, it's probably anxious or uneasy. You know, the poor animals. Sometimes people always misconstrue what they're seeing as, oh, he's happy or he's calm, even for a dog or a cat. They're really just like frozen if you're like, oh my God, what's happening to me? Mm, yeah things sometimes what I like to do is if I know I'm going to have company over like especially now for the holidays someone's going to come over for Christmas definitely for New Year's and that's the noisiest day and it's going to be super stressful for my kids so I like to make sure they have their safe space from everybody it's quiet I have a white noise machine for them um for my cats I use the feel away optimum um yeah and that again is something that science says it does work and some people say it doesn't work because a pheromone is supposed to help them feel relaxed I think it works personally I think it does for my pets but Again, I can't scientifically prove that. I just feel like they may be more calmer with it. Mm-hmm. So I have that for them. They do have their their areas that have their particular set on it. 
Um, sometimes I put a little catnip on the trees for them and I make sure everybody does not go into that room. They doesn't go into that room. They don't knock on that door. They leave that pet completely alone. And I also try to manage the volume in my house. Again, I live in an apartment versus a house. So mm-hmm. trying to be quiet is really hard, especially with my family members being loud yep. as they are. So I try to tell them, you kind of keep it as quiet as possible. What I've also done is also changed and modified my lifestyle for them. So I know New Year's is a fun time. And we all like to celebrate and have poppers and those things that go zing, 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 and all that stuff. Oh, That's yeah. To the cat. So yeah. When they come over, I'm like, we're not doing any of that. Like, we'll we'll do the countdown and then we'll say happy new year. And that's as loud as it gets. And we kind of chill out from there. <laughs> that's the cats pretty much survive. And yeah. If they're super, super nervous, I do always have on hand um, a little trazodone and gabapentin combination, which I kind of stick in a pill pocket and they eat it readily. So I know at least they're going to be nice and chill in their room and kind of relaxed. I mean, it's just like a person going on a plane. If you know you're nervous, you, some people have a drink and some people have Xanax, whatever you need to stay calm, do it. So that's kind of what I do for my kids. Right. In moderation and prescriptions only, please. Um, yeah, your veterinarian does have access to anti-anxiety medications. They know about supplements that you can purchase over the counter that can potentially help your pet, you know, with these anxieties as well. And they're definitely a resource that you should tap and talk to before, you know, trying any of those sorts of things on your own first, um, pharmaceutical wise for dogs. Also what you can do too, especially around these holiday times for managing stress is like, try to keep their routine as much as possible. You know, if you feed them at a certain time, you take them for walks at a certain time, try to maintain those things as much as you can because when their routine gets interrupted with like shopping and guests and parties and things, they get anxious because, oh, when am I going to eat? I didn't eat. Now I'm missing a meal. Now it's, now it's stressing them out or I didn't get a walk. Now I'm like, I have energy. I need to do things. And my walk is late and maintaining dogs routines are very important because, you know, they're used to things. Dogs like structure, like a lot of people like you know, routine in their life. And so it's the same thing for dogs. They really enjoy knowing this is going to happen at this point in the day. So you want to do that for them to keep them happy. Yeah. Volume control is a really big thing for dogs too, right? Cause I think if you have a really high pitched voice, that's not really good for a dog. It makes them more excitable, right? Yeah. You're not really supposed to use that baby voice. Talk to them, you know, like, Oh my God, look at my little baby. That is apparently, um, has been shown to cause increased levels of fear, stress, and anxiety in dogs. You really want to just talk to them in your normal voice. You can use, you know, long drawn out like words like good boy, good girl. Those are more soothing sounds to them as opposed to that high pitched squeak. I'm talking to a baby sound (laughs) type deal. I think people tend to do the baby voice or they tend to like yell at the animal, like be quiet. And that doesn't help them either. It's like, right. It's, it's just, you know, something that we're innate to do. Like you see something cute, you kind of just want to get in this little, like little space and it's just normal, but you really have to kind of be cognizant of how you sound to your dog. So you sound confident and happy. They're going to be confident and happy too. I think another important thing to keep in mind too, when you're having family over, there's obviously going to be a, a wide range of relatives coming over is also a thing. So if you have small children, children want to run and grab the doggy, they want to pet the doggy. And parents think, oh, it's so cute. And they see the animal getting annoyed and, you know, someone swats or growls and they're kind of like, oh, this animal's aggressive. Well, it's kind of like, 
you have to also read the pet and read your child. Like if they're just, you know, invading that space too much and the animal seems agitated, just rein it in saying, maybe it's not time, Tommy, give, you know, the dog some space or the kitty cat some space. I think sometimes we forget that our owners just like let their kids run wild. That's true. It's, it, it's totally true. And it's not, you know, the child doesn't know, kids don't know how to handle animals. If they're not used to being around animals, you know, you just have to talk to them in a way that they can say, I'm, they need to learn to respect the animal spaces if they would want to be respected as well. And that's a very important thing because, you know, kids approaching dogs, they don't know our cats, they don't know, can get injured and hurt and it ends up badly for the animals as well when they were just doing a normal protective response. And again, kids can't read body language for pets as well as maybe somebody else who lives with their dog or lives with their cat can read their body language better. On the opposite end, some pets are really friendly and will actually get frustrated if you lock them away and keep them away from guests. So if you have like a cat that wants to be out and about, let them be out and about. Inform your guests that, you know, my cat's going to be out, you know, this is what they don't pet them here, don't touch them there. If they have any things they don't like about being petted, but yeah, locking up a friendly cat or a friendly dog can be extremely frustrating for them as well because they'll feel like they're getting a case of FOMO, I guess. And this can lead to frustration, boredom, destructive behaviors. So if you've got a guest that wants to play with your cat, because there's always one, just let them play with the cat or the dog. Honestly, they'll enjoy it. Both of them will. I think the other thing too is like you also, if the cat is very, or dog is very friendly, you can offer, you know, a limited amount of treats, obviously, where the cat and dog can come to the person, get to know them, say hello, thank you for the treat. And obviously informing your guests, like, in case your pet has a certain allergy or something like, oh, please don't offer any table scraps in case you have like a charcuterie uh, board out with some snacks. Oh boy. Not to feed off table. Cause some people do that. Like if they have their own dog at home, they're like, I'm going to give Charlie a little cheese, but maybe that dog is very sensitive to that cheese. So right. always ask first before you give another pet. Oh my gosh. Yes. One piece of pepperoni can send somebody to the hospital with pancreatitis. So yeah. just be very careful with the treats and the food. When in doubt, just don't, just don't. <laughs> alcoholic glass down where someone can lap it up <laughs> oh gosh no I mean there's just so much about the holidays that are really just stressful in general and people and ourselves we get stressed out and our animals get stressed out because they can feel that on us if you can remain calm and take care of yourself during the holiday season it will calm energy passes to your pet too. I get very stressed out shopping. I don't like to go to the mall. I don't buying presents for people stresses me out. It it's all like a wreck for me and I hate it, but some people, but I love Christmas. I just hate all these other parts of Christmas. And I know that if I can try and stay calm, my cats will be happier. And my dog, whenever we get the dog will be happier too. <laughs> so that energy, they can feel it and sense it and they'll pick up on it. And they'll take it on to themselves. Exactly. And I totally agree. That's why I try to remain calm. And that's mostly why I don't have people come over because I'm very similar to cats and like, this is my personal space. I don't like to share my personal space with others that often. Um, and I'm also a little bit of a neat freak. So a party mm. will come over and make a mess. I'm kind of like, oh, great. So when everybody's gone, I have to clean that up. And I'm not going to be super excited if I find like alcohol spilled on the floor or this one. Oh, so yeah, so I know what it is when people come over and all their, you know, everybody comes over, they're yelling, they're drinking and it smells funny. So I agree with them. Most right. of the time I try to like set it back to zero. So if someone comes over cleaning the house thoroughly, so everything's kind of reset mm -hmm. and the cats can come back out like, oh, it's quiet. 
it's home again. No, that's great. I mean, for me, I hate the doorbell ringing. If someone's at my door, I run, like, I don't want to answer the door. Same with the phone ringing, like all these little triggers. I'm just like, please no. So I too, am like a cat in these ways where I'm just don't, (laughs) I don't want anyone going to my door. Actually don't come over that much. We have a large extended family that before the pandemic always was like, Hey, let, can we have a party here? Can we do this here? Because we happen to have just like an outdoor space. And so it was always very stressful managing having to like separate the animals and lock them up and whatnot because everybody just wanted to hang out at our house which for me when that does happen I would actually go to my safe space which is my bedroom and just chill out for five ten minutes I'd be I just wander upstairs goodbye I'm just gonna hang out so I can calm down because all these people stress me out (laughs) the other thing too is like since we are in a world where everybody's like oh CBD fixes everything take it take it take it um CBD does help and I feel like pet owners tend to buy products over the counter, give it to their dog or cat whenever they're going to have like an, they're suspecting they're going to have an anxious event. Um, like when people come over, but always best to say err on the side of caution and consult with your veterinarian first and someone who knows the product very well, because you can actually have the opposite effect. The same way. If you, if you ask any veterinarian, they always tell you try the medication before you start giving it consistently. Cause you can have mm-hmm. an opposite effect. So instead of having a calming effect with a trazodone or something, you might have an excitatory effect, very similar to CBD. If you're not dosing them appropriately, they're still going to be anxious and nervous and scared. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be calm at all. So they might be exterior wise looking like they're relaxed, but inside they're probably screaming. Aww. So it's best to consult with someone and say, Hey, I'm interested in starting CBD. Cause that's something you want to try, do a trial first, find their dosage, see what works best for them. And then when you found that, when you're working closely with someone like a veterinary cannabis consultant, then you have the correct dose to give them. And then you're going to give that prior to the event. So if you know people are going to come over on Christmas, you're giving that dose that full week before people even show up. Cause it's not going to have the same effect if you give it day of, cause they're already wound up. Cause they know, like I sense something's happening because they're changing things in the house. Right. Yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, there's no such thing as a silver bullet where everything fixes it. So always just be cognizant. Like if you're, if you're going to change something, trust and believe your, your pets know they're going to be like, Oh, they do. They're yes. changing something here. They're moving stuff. This tree wasn't here before. Where did this Christmas tree come from? Right. What is that? You know? Yeah. It's really, it is really a good idea to try and talk to your doctor as early as you can. If you're going to have any big changes like parties or movings and things like that, because they can get getting ahead of, these, you know, fear, stress, and anxiety is a lot easier than treating it in the moment. So mm-hmm. if you can build up to whatever medications you need or make these environmental changes that'll help them, it's just much easier than managing a full-on stressful blowout in the moment of everything happening. Yeah. And it sounds silly when you talk about it, but it's, it's really important because just like mental health is important to people, the mental health of our pets is very important too, because you don't want them to have one bad experience and they memorize that experience. And then when it happens again, it just gets compounded and it gets blown out of proportion in their little heads. And then you have a problem and then you have to seek behaviors for help for that. So if you can prevent all that, that'd be better. Yeah. Prevention's always the best medicine, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I mean, basically the whole point of this is that you should know how your pet generally behaves. Do they like crowds? Do they not like crowds? Are they sensitive to noises? Are they sensitive to just general changes in the house? All of these things 
will tell you how your pet is going to handle these upcoming, you know, holiday fear, stress, and anxieties, really, you know, if on a normal day, your dog runs when the doorbell rings, well, maybe if you're going to have that party, consider everyone giving you a heads up, leaving the door unlocked so they can just walk in. Just think about those little things that your pet is showing you on, in their normal everyday life and how you can adjust to compensate, you know, for all these situations that may be changing because of the holiday season. Exactly. If that was Dobby, she'd hate that. That ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. She would oh my God. I hate that just on a regular. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Don't come to my house. Screening, screen your calls. Who's that? Oh my God. I don't even know what my cell phone ringtone is. I've had it on vibrate for like five years. I have no idea what that sound is. <laughs> I, I would, I have no idea. I hate the phone ringing. I do. That's why social media and texting is a big thing because nobody wants to talk anymore either. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. That's my favorite. Just text me. Don't call me. Ugh, gross. <laughs> um, well, do you have anything else to say on this subject? covered everything pretty much i mean obviously if anybody is curious or wants to learn more i mean there's some great books out there that do talk about behavior in general um and how that they can help you like we have they have decoding your cat and they also have decoding your dog that's very basic information on how your pet can show behavior and stuff like that you can also go to um was it fearfreepets.com fearfree happy home so i cited some information from that website we'll put our information that we mentioned here in the show notes as well. But I cited an article, How to Avoid Holiday Stress in Pets by Jen Reeder from Fear Free Happy Homes. I also, from that website, cited an article called Make Holidays Friendly for Felines by Janice Garza. And a short little article from North Carolina State University as well. But we'll post the information we talked about in the show notes with the links so you could go there. Fear Free Happy Homes in general is a great website for behavioral issues and learning how to deal with fear, stress, and anxiety in your pets in everyday life. It's the client side or the pet owner side of the Fear Free certification training that we both have gotten in the past. So they have a lot of great resources on that website to help you out. Yeah, they also have some great um images too so if you really want to see what signs of fear are in, in your dog or your cat they have these cute little cartoons that show you what that looks like in your pet and what it means like are they relaxed yeah. are they agitated are they scared which i think those infographics are great to see because if you're not trained in seeing it and you're the everyday average joe mom and dad this is perfect you have a baby <laughs> you have to learn everything so you're like you're learning the language that is your pets right they have a whole different language and they're all based on like visual cues because they don't talk you know, they can't talk to us. So it's all body language and visual cues for pets. So we have to learn to adjust to their language and not expect them to verbalize things to us really. Cause they can't. Unless you train them to, you ever seen those dogs on TikTok when they press a button, they're like food. Oh yes. Yes. I have seen that dog. Um, I follow that one, the one lady with her dog. I think she wrote a book about it and she does like speech language. Um, I can't remember, but it's a really amazing account, honestly. But, but she knows all these words. Cat too. Like they had the cat say like food, love, now, pet. I was like, I have, I don't have the time to teach buttons what they mean. <laughs> it's crazy. It is really crazy. But again, they're kind of, we're just requiring animals to communicate with us mm-hmm. when we should just learn to communicate with how they can. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's a cool are, trick. They're already meow to tell us what they want. They're kind of like you human, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, 
we hope you got some good information from here. I mean, it's still early in the holiday season. We still have to get through Christmas. Um, I know Hanukkah is happening right now as we're recording and there's still New Year's and Kwanzaa. So there's still plenty of opportunities for fear, stress, and anxiety. So hopefully you will make some good changes for your pets that will keep them calm and happy this season. And, you know, just that's what we want. Just everyone to be nice, calm, and happy for the holidays. Exactly. So hopefully this has helped you guys out. And again, we'll have a lot more information on our Instagram account at pod at what is it? Catnip and chill pod. Catnip and chill pod on Instagram and chill pod on Twitter as well. But again, all that information will be in the show notes too. And you can always email us to catnip and chill pod at gmail.com. Yeah. So we love to chit chat. And if you guys have any topics you want to go over that you are interested in, just, you know, drop us a line, email us, and we're more than happy to research that topic and present it sometime in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you for joining us. We're really excited that you've tuned in for our next episode and we will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.